This is the Houston Coaches Podcast, where we honor the legacy of Houston area football and promote growth within the coaching profession through conversations with the greatest Houston area coaches of the past, present, and future. Brought to you by the Greater Houston Football Coaches Association. Welcome to the Houston Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Andres Gomez, and we're back with another episode in the hopes that we can use the wisdom and experiences of past and present Houston area coaches to help guide those of us who are now charged with leading programs of our own and are navigating through the rapidly changing landscape of high school football, as well as to leave a blueprint of success for those future campus and district leaders who are in the early stages of their journey. Our guest today is Coach Blake Ware, the very recently appointed new head coach of the MacArthur Generals. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks for being with us. Hey, I'm excited to be here. All right. So uh, first off, you know, as, as we like to do, just please, can you please give us a brief rundown of your playing and coaching career? Uh, well, I played high school ball at MacArthur um, for uh, Bob Alpert way back when. Um, played one year of college football at Lamar. And after my freshman season, they dropped the program. Oh, wow. And, uh, and you know, I kind of look at that as the very beginning of what would become my coaching career because I don't know that I would have ever ended up doing this. Um, I, I was going to go to school for business. My dad had a construction company. I was kind of that heir apparent. And um, mm-hmm. I always tell my kids, you know, uh, just about your journey. And, um, you know, whenever I went back home, I had an opportunity to go play at a couple other places and I, I just kind of lost my, you know, the, the passion for it. And, uh, so I stayed home and, uh, started coaching my little brothers in little league football and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, it was just all I thought about. And I, you know, started to pursue that, you know, went back and talked to my high school coach and told him that this is what I was thinking and he couldn't believe it. Uh, he, he, uh, you know, he told me I was going to be Poe, <laughs> you know, I couldn't even afford the O and the R it's just Poe. And, uh, but he said, you'll love going to work every day. And I'm as fired up about what I do now as I was 28 years ago when I started. And, uh, so I always think back to that, uh, that whole process of my young adult life of, you know, you never know what's going to happen and, uh, and why, but it always leads you somewhere. Yeah. You can't see it till you're, till you're past the moment, but then you look back and like, okay, yeah, that, that was the reason why this happened that way. It was. And, you know, and it's, there's been a lot of those. Uh, that's why I'm always not looking at things through the fearful lens. Um, I always look at it as this is an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've made a, a, some, several moves in my coaching career that could have been questioned but there was always a reason and it always worked out. And so I never really fight it. If something, you know, if something gets in my heart and I feel like that's, that's what I want to do or that's what I need to do or it's, or it's my calling, then that's, that's what I'm going to do. And it's kind of been my coaching journey. Yeah. No doubt. There's, there's something to be said for intuition, you know, for, for that, that gut feeling of, you know, I feel like this is where I need to be. Yeah. Um, so, so what, what, what was your first coaching job? My first coaching job was as a freshman coach at St. Thomas High School. Okay. 1996. And uh, 
that was that was a lucky deal. You know, I mean, I say lucky. It was, I guess, just part of the plan. And, uh, you know, I was there for a year. And I'll be honest, I, you know, first 18 years of my career were all private school. Oh, wow. I never really thought about going public uh, again until just uh, just something kind of fell in my lap. And, and but, uh, you know, after that first year, I was able to uh, convince the head coach at St. Pius to hire me as his offensive coordinator. And I really didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue. Uh, you know, when I went in there and interviewed, I showed him one play that I thought could work against any defense. And I was sweating and just getting after it on the whiteboard in front of him. And then I turned around and he, I handed him the marker and he kind of sat back in his chair and he opened, took the top off that marker and looked at it. And I had smashed that, uh, the tip into the pin. And he looked up at me. He goes, man, I don't know how much ball you know, but I love your passion. <laughs> and he goes, you got the job. And I'll never forget it. I walk out and got in my truck. And I was like, wow, I guess that means I need to build a playbook. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in that first year, I was not good. It was, it, you know, it, it, you know, calling plays is, 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 it's just one of those things where you truly got to understand what's in front of you what will work, what will not. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't understand that. And so I spent a lot of time the spring of 98 building another playbook using the old school stencils and really started to look at, and I was more of a pro eye coach back then, you know, ISO power counter toss boot three times four is a first down. And that was what I learned when I played in high school for coach Alpert. And, um, through building that playbook is when I really started to teach myself and understand what, what's good and what's not versus certain looks. And we had a huge check with me system because I used to be a, a huddle coach. We huddled. So everything we called was a check with me. And, um, you know, and then eventually I, uh, and, and, and it worked for us, you know, it, that next year we had a 3000 yard rusher on our team. And that was only like the 11th or 12th guy had ever done that. And then we went to the state game that year, the following year we won it. So that was kind of the, all right, I, I, maybe I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I can do this. Uh, Cause there was a lot of doubt still is. Yeah. yeah. There's always a doubt uh, if you're good enough. And um, so, yeah. And then from there, it was just a uh, kind of a journey in the private schools as an offensive coordinator or a head coach. I got my first head coaching job at a, at a uh, school up in Dallas. Uh, it's called Green Hill School. I loved it up there. Uh, I loved coaching those kids. And that, but that's when I had to start looking at, all right, maybe I need to start running some sort of spread because I couldn't run ISO and power against some of the kids we were playing with what I had. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started going around and learning how do you build the spread? I don't want to do it because it's what's on TV. How do you build it? And so I, I, there's about four or five guys that I met with and they, they gave me kind of some pillars of what it, what it should be built off of. And that, those those four things is what I've stuck with since I learned that because it worked for us immediately. You know, we went from being a run team to the very next year in 08, we threw for like 395 a game. And um, it was it was it was fun. The kids loved it. So it was funner for them. I still, in a way, despise it. Um, 
but you know, as a coach, you got to do what your kids can do. And, uh, and then I've, I've kind of now I'm in more of a blend of, you know, a lot of tight end sets, H back stuff. That's my old school ways along with spread concepts. Yeah. And I feel like the days of, you know, somebody saying, this is what I do and I'm not going to adjust because this is what I do. Like I, those days are gone. You know, I think defense has gotten way too good for somebody to just say, we're just going to do this and let's see if we can stop it because they will figure out a way to stop it. So well, I think yeah. everybody has to have, you, you blend your own kind of mix of, of concepts and just do what works for you. But, but I think, you know, so it's, it seems like that's just part of the evolution. No. And, and the defenses have definitely caught up. Um, I think now what's, you know, and it's all, it's all in cycles. Uh, you know, whenever you get defenses that, that man, they put some great stuff out there to shut down what spread offenses are doing. So now you're starting to see more offenses going back to, you know, 21 personnel or, you know, 22, you know, even. And, and they're using more tight end. They're using more of those bodies that can a- attach to that extra number that defense might have. Uh, and then the play action stuff off of that, you know, defenses are going to start rolling back unless you come from the KD thread. Uh, the defenses are going to start rolling back to they're going to base out of even, you know, just yeah. to just so they don't have to teach too many things with regards to having three down or four down, you know, and if they, if somebody has a tight end or H back, they, they the defense has to adjust. And so there's there's more teaching. So. You know, it, it is a definitely a, uh, you know, a game that coordinators play with each other with regards to, you know, what's going to happen out there on the field post-snap. And, and, and that's, you know, the thing with RPOs and all that, I mean, that's it's, – it's a different way of doing it, but it, that is a game changer because you're attacking the rules of the defense post-snap. And um, that, that, that can be real fun. It can definitely help you get some first downs. And, and you know, it goes back to those option principles. You know that they were, that were, that were all anybody did for a while. You know, it just of like you're going to run this, but there's certain variations to it, and whatever they do, you make them wrong. Yes, yes, that is absolutely right. All right, so so going back back to your to your coaching journey. So after. Um, so you said you, st- you stayed in the private schools until, until when? Yeah, so I came back to Houston. Uh, my, our whole family's down in this area. And while Dallas was great, um, it, I, we just, you know, we would have a barbecue at our house and it would just be me and my wife and our three kids. You know, there was no one else up there. Yeah. So I, uh, so we came back and I went and coached at, a, at the Woodlands Christian Academy there in the Woodlands and had a, a, a one-year run there. It was great. Uh, we went 11-2. and two. It was awesome. And I loved coaching there. But then 8-11 West Donovan called me. You know, that's home, St. Pius. And they uh, – about being the head coach there, and, and I did. I went back and um, had a great three years there. Uh, you know, in 2012, we got to play on ESPN. That was great. We had it wasn't because I was a good coach. It was, and I didn't get to coach in the Under Armour game because I was a good coach. We had a great quarterback. Um, and then 2013 was my last year there as the head coach. And then that spring, um, you know, just by chance, I'm in a conversation with Brady Pennington, who was the head coach at New Caney at the time. Um, never would have thought that I would have ever gone to New Caney. And um, 
after that conversation and what they were trying to do in New Canaan with regards to building a new stadium and, you know, coordinators and their job uh, description throughout the day, a lot of it was appealing. And so um, I, I took that job and I took my son with me who had his sophomore year was an all-state quarterback at Pius. And so we went up to New Caney and, and that was the beginning of my public uh, school coaching journey. And it was a great six years there. You know, we, we really got that thing rolling up there. Uh, you know, four straight district championships, first playoff wins in school history. It was awesome. And I loved my love the six years I had there. And through that, it opened up the door to go to Dayton and be the head coach in Dayton. And uh, that was another rebuild uh, coming here. And plus, I got hired right before COVID hit. Yep. And that I was, that. you know, and that was uh, that was different in a completely unexplainable way. Um, and, you know, we 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 built it up. You know, we went it was we went 0 and 10 my first year here in Dayton and it was an uncompetitive 0 and 10. Um, and then year two, two and eight started to see hope. And then year three, we went to the playoffs. You know, we uh, and our district's tough. Three of the four years I've been in Dayton, uh, a, a team from our district's played in the state championship game. So wow. including PNG the past two years. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, everything it's going, it was going great here. Everything's fine. And, and uh, all of a sudden the, the, the opportunity to go home, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't combat it. And I tried, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that this is an opportunity to take my coaching journey home and uh, plug it into a place that I think about at least once a day. And uh, you know, it's, it's a special place, you know, for yeah. me. And, um, you know, I think that uh, learning about the support they have there, uh, the folks uh, in, on the administrative team on the campus, in the central office, um, the athletic department uh, for the district, it just everything just seemed to align for me. Um, you know, it's it's. It's been an emotional few weeks for me because it's just transitioning out of a place where you love the kids that you work with where you're at, but then you're going to take this opportunity to go home. And, uh, you know, and, and so, yeah, that, that process is in its beginning right now. Uh, you know, just trying to, to make sure I, I, I line up a staff that fits what I feel I, I, it's going to take. Because uh, it it it's going to take special kind of men to lead these young men at, at MacArthur. Um, and I, I think that we are, we are putting together an excellent staff to take there. Yeah. So, cause so, I mean, you, you've been on the job for what, like a week now, right? <laughs> well, you know, my first day was last Friday and yeah. this week they're on winter break. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the part of that is really good because I'm able to, to get some work done that I might not have, you know, with them on campus, you know, I mean, it is, you know, you're digging out of a hole with no shovel and, uh, yeah. you know, it just, and you know how it is. Anytime there's transition, it, there's, you think you're getting stuff done and you're, you're really not. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's at the very beginning for sure. Yeah. That's it. So, and now, you know, I want to, I want to ask like, what, what, do, what do you think are some of the major differences between coaching at public school versus private school? Since you've had, you've had, you know, now a, a few years of, of each. Yeah. So, so real talk, 
uh, on that is, you know, with private schools, um, that's a selective environment, you know, as far as kids, um, you know, they, they go through an admissions process and they've got to be a strong student. They've got to, they've got to be strong, um, as far as their character. Um, they have to, uh, be strong socially. And if they, if there's any slip ups, they, they're, they're gone. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's very different. Um, there's not, there's not, I don't think there's very many private schools that have an athletic period. Most private schools, most of the coaches are part-time or adjunct coaches. Um, and that was the part that started to really work on me. Uh, my, those last few years when I was at Pius is not having an athletic period and not having any full-time guys. Um, you know, and then all my coaching buddies that were in the public school ranks, you know, they, I was envious of the, the, the camaraderie that's built up on the staff when everybody is in it together all day, yeah. every day. There's something to be said for that. Um, sure. Especially when you get a group of men that are loyal, um, that put kids first, you know, it's just, it makes things a lot more fun. And, uh, you know, everybody's working towards a common goal. Um, you know, so in private schools, that's, you don't really get that opportunity. Uh, with public schools, you do. Um, you know, and so, you know, with the public school, man, it, to me, the calling there for a coach is to give young men and women a tool belt for life. You know, the kids in private schools, they, most of them already got the tool belt. You know, they own the tool belt. Uh, in public school, it's different. You know, it's it's you're really trying to help kids understand what life's going to be like when they're 35. Um, and you're trying to give them uh, those words that they need to truly uh, understand, like dependability and, you know, having a servant's heart and um, composure. Um, you know, those those are those are things that kids need to really have conversations about and understand how important that is because they're going to need it. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to need it. So, you know, the, 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 the thing is though, at the end of the day, uh, no matter if it's private or public, uh, you get the opportunity to impact young people and there's, there's nothing better. Yeah. And that, that was a piece of advice I got early, early in my career, you know, cause I, you know, I've gone back, you know, from, you know, low-income schools to, you know, very wealthy schools. I've, I've gone kind of all over the place as far as that. And, and somebody told me early on, you know, when I was struggling with, with making a decision, they're like, you know, kids are kids, and they're going to need you no matter no matter what the kid looks like, no matter what their life is like, they're going to need strong people in their life to, to be role models. And so, he's yeah, like, no, and, you know, I, I think that's great advice for any coach. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, when I went through the process of interviewing for that school up in Dallas, it was top of the line first class. I mean, they flew me up there. Uh, wined and dined me. I mean, it was, it was great. And then there was a friend of mine in down here in Houston, whose uncle or cousin lived up there and he owned restaurants or whatever. And I'd met the guy a couple of times. So he takes me out to dinner. One of the nights I was up there and after dinner, he's just asking me, he goes, so what, what would keep you from, from coming up here? And I said, well, them kids at St. Pius need me. And he looks at me, he goes, well, what do these kids up here need you? And that's yeah. just, that's the coach's journey, man. I mean, you know, it, it's wherever you, wherever you are as a coach, those kids need you. Yeah. You know, and uh, 
I think if when a coach if his walk or her walk is kids first and that uh, I'm here for those kids, um, man, it's it's magical, and uh, that's what I that's one of the biggest things I love about what I do. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, you know, so like you said, you're you're, uh, you're getting ready to start. You know, jump in. You know, feet first to to do your. You know, start getting ready for next season with with, with a brand new program. Uh, you know, so in your in your opinion, your experience, what's what's the most important part of off season? You know, what what are you going to prioritize when you get in there? Well, the standard of the culture. You know, it, there there's, uh, you know, I look at every day as an opportunity, and I tell kids this, and these kids have heard this at MacArthur already from the one day I was there. You know, every day, every person involved in that program has the opportunity to make that program better or make it worse so what is your impact going to be today because every day ties into the next and every week ties into the next every month and then before you know it we're in august and everything you've done from here until then is tied into game one and so when you when you come on campus your your attitude needs to be completely um tuned into your focus and your effort and how high are you going to raise the standard, not lower it? You know, I always talk to kids about no anchors. No one drags us down. You know, if you're either making us better, you're making us worse. And, if you, you know, you want to be a pillar, not an anchor. You want to, you want to build it up. And so I think immediately uh, it's got to be, you know, what are the standards? And, and so what does that mean? Well, with regards to, you know, I'm not going to – I don't have coaches cussing kids. We're not going to cuss kids and and we're not going to be cussing in the weight room. I don't, you know, there's a certain, too many people use the word culture. So it's lost its meaning. And I've said this before, culture has lost its meaning because some only use it when it's convenient. You got to, it's got to be all the time. It can't just be when you're in the, in the mood. And so it could be such as the other day I walked in there and there was like six kids that had earrings on when they're fixing to start their workout. And I saw, Hey, Hey, you guys in the earrings, y'all go take them off. You know, we're not going to have anything where you're doing anything that's going to bring attention to yourself. It's about us. And so the concept of that, the concept of, you know, you're doing this for others, you know, the, it'll all come back to you. But right now, your focus needs to be on what you can control and doing that for others. And uh, so that's, you know, kind of a jump off point for me with regards to their hearts and minds. Um, you know, right now, I'm still in that mode of observing and then seeing how, you know, we can start to mesh in what I want done. And then it will be a slow transition. Yeah. And, and that's that, that, there's a fine line there for sure. Of you know, you want to make sure you have a you assess the program before you start you know making changes just for the sake of making changes. Right. Uh, yes. That's absolutely that's right. One the, that's one of those tricky parts of the, of the transition. No, uh, and, and and everybody's done it. You know, and and, and it's like I told uh, you know some of the coaches that are coming with me, some of the coaches that are on staff. Every way of doing this has won. Every offensive scheme has won. Every defensive scheme has won. Every off-season structure has won. Every way that you treat the summer, they've all won. But the ones that win is when every coach and every kid in that program is looking the same direction. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, where, that's where you find that magic. That's where you find 
those opportunities to win a game that you probably shouldn't have won is when everybody is completely focused in in, in the same direction. And so, um, you know, that's the alignment has got to happen. Yeah. yeah everybody, everybody pushing the same direction. Um, so, you know, as, as far as, you know, the coaches, you know, on your staff or coaches that you've had on your staff before, um, you know, what, what are some things that you do to help them grow as coaches, uh, you know, on, on a daily basis? I give coaches the opportunity to speak in front of the kids. You know, I, 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 it's important to me. You know, we'll do our character talks. Uh, you know, we have several different character curriculums we use. And I give those coaches, I don't just do them all. In fact, I try to do, you know, less of those because I want them to have the opportunity to get in front of them kids. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. I, my coaches, it drives them crazy when I say it, but I, I like giving them reps. You know, I delegate a lot because I want them to get reps at doing this because it's more than just X's and O's. You know, it's, it's more than just what shows up on Friday night. It's everything that goes into the process that takes you to Friday night. So to help coaches understand that, I delegate a lot of things to them so that they can get a rep at doing it. And I think one of those things is the ability to communicate in front of a group. Uh, I've, I have seen so many coaches, they can come in there and they got fireworks coming off that dry race board when they talk ball. But can they convey that to kids? Do they have the ability to uh, communicate what, is, what we need to get done to kids? Well, the way you give them reps is even at the end of a regular workout, hey, coach, you got any shout outs for anybody? Mm-hmm. And now that coach will give shout outs and why, you know, you know, if, if we're, you know, grade checks, everybody, you know, it's just I think it's that opportunity to, to uh, allow coaches to have a voice and to speak in front of the kids. Um, and I think that it just it, the, the respect level across the board from the kids grows because those coaches are getting those opportunities. Uh, yeah, that's that's phenomenal. I mean, that, that, that's something that uh, everybody needs, and and and, and we all had, everybody had, you know no, nobody's really born being able to speak in front of a crowd. Some people are terrified of it, but it, it's something that you definitely have to practice and, and and work on on your own so so that's i think that's that's a very very valuable yeah and even like parents meetings you know there'll be certain parts of the parents meetings where the the the, i'll have a coach that's kind of been doing that part of it gets up Mm -hmm. and talks he needs that rep at doing that and uh you know and i'm i i'm i get excited about that because you know that really wasn't done for me coming up you know i didn't really i didn't really have that and I, I always told myself when I was when I was a young coach, God, I hate saying that. <laughs> but when I was a young coach, I used to always think, you know, if I'm ever a head coach, I'm going to let my guys I'm going to I want them to have opportunities to do these things, because if, if they want to be a head coach, they've got to understand that this this part is important. You know, communicating to parents, you know, through email, you know, uh, you know, all those different things that go into this. Uh, you know, I do. I always try to give them those opportunities so that they can, you know, work on the craft of one day becoming a head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that and we said we we all we've all had that. We've all had those of us who who have you know the the 
good fortune of being head coaches. We, we all had somebody that helped us. Yes. To, to get here, to, to teach us some of those things, the behind the scenes stuff that you don't see, that you don't really get to see as an assistant. You know, you just think, oh, yeah, the head coach just, you know, calls the plays and, you know, stands in front of the team after the game. And, you know, and but all the stuff that, that nobody ever tells you about, you know, you got to learn somehow. And, and if you if you get a chance to try some of those things as an assistant and, and do them on your own, then, then you're a lot more prepared when when you're in the, the, in the big chair and you have to make the decisions and, and, and do all those things. Well, uh, and, you know, and as you know, that big chair is a lot different than, you know, some of them young coaches think it is. It's. It, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I try to tell you know, a lot of people that, you know, that, you know, just be patient, you know, and, and there's so many coaches, young coaches I see that are itching to be head coach. And I'm like, man, just enjoy coaching football, you know, cause that's, you know, you don't get to coach as much football in, when you're the head coach as you do as a, as a coordinator, as an assistant, you know, I mean, you're, the, the people that truly love football said, you know, just enjoy that as much as you can because it really does, you know, this, oh, this side of things really does take you away from, from the actual game you right. know, with, with all the other responsibilities you got sometimes. No. And, and, and to, to go off that even more is, uh, you know, as, as the head coach, I, when we, every year I say pretty much the same thing to my coaching staff when we start coaching meetings. And one of those things I always talk about is if any parent approaches you, Send them to me. Just say, hey, see Coach Ware. You can talk to them about the weather. You can talk to them about the roads. But if they start asking about playing time or depth chart or position, uh, yeah. because they, I don't want my guys to have to deal with that. You know, um, I'll deal with it. And when I and, and doing that, I'm trying to teach them, when you're a head coach, this is how you need to handle that. Because what happens is, is, is the narrative gets steered in the wrong direction, and it, it's not intentional. It just happens. Those six years that I was at New Caney as the offensive coordinator, oh, I could not wait. But a parent came up to me, I go see Coach Pennington. You know, I didn't have to deal with those emails or those phone calls or, or any of that. And that was, that, was a, that was pretty cool to have that for that little six-year window. But, <laughs> you know, but you know as a head coach, too, I think what young coaches have to understand is when you are sitting in that chair, there's things you can't really share with the other coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You no, know, there's, there's administrative things. There's, there's sometimes things that are brought down to us that we might not agree with, but our coaches can't know that, you know, yeah. we've got to walk the line. And so those are, you know, uh, dealing with parents or dealing with parents from other sports. There are things that you've got to, you've got to be able to handle and, and be composed and mature about it. And keep it away from them because they don't let them guys enjoy their day every day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but that that's what comes with that chair, and uh, and we accept that when we take that role on. Yeah, and, and it's it's part of it, just part of it. Um, all right now, now I want to you know give you a chance to you know to talk about um, your community, you know, and and you're you're in a special situation because you are now the head coach of the place where you grew up and you played. Uh, so, so what are some things that make uh, the, the MacArthur and the Alden community special? Their, their pride, you know, it's, it's um, you know, since this got announced, there have been so many football alums, alums in general, that have reached out and are fired up and excited. And, uh, you know, a lot, I think a lot of them have probably followed my career and they know and they're excited at what, you know, what we're going to try to do there at MacArthur. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what I did. The, the, when I went to interview, 
I, I exited right over there by off 59 by MacArthur. And I went and saw my old aunt and uncle's old house. I went and saw my, my grandparents' old house. My, you know, my mom and dad actually graduated from MacArthur. I mean, I've got a rich tradition in my family of MacArthur. Um, I drove by our old house over there on Carnerville and, uh, it really excited me to be able to get back over there and, and, and get after it and, and start doing what we do. And, uh, you know, for me, there's still that pride there, uh, that's, that's never left. It's just, it's, it's looking for that hope. Um, and the, the part for me is just to, to be able to, uh, you know, cause I've been fortunate enough in my journey to be a part of rebuilds and, and I want to be able to take all that I've learned and go there with it. And, uh, I know that the excitement will be there. Um, obviously, you know, uh, there's, there's some great eateries over there by MacArthur <laughs> high school. I'm excited about revisiting those. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. It, 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 there, it's a lot of work, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take a lot. It's going to be a big time effort, but uh, to be able to do it at a place you're passionate about, I, I don't think you can get better than that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and I think it, it's, it's funny when, you know, you're talking to, talking to young coaches who may not know the history of MacArthur, you know, and, you know, like there's, there's coach James over at Eisenhower who, you know, played at MacArthur and he was, you know, the number one player in the nation, yeah. you know, w- when he was coming up, you know, in today's world, he would have been, you know, five-star whatever. Uh, and, you know, but I said a lot, a lot of young people that they're growing up now that they, they don't know about that. You know, that was, I was, I mean, that was when I was a kid, when I was a kid, you know, I was, I, that was when Aldine ISD was kind of the epicenter of, of Houston area football. That's where all the, the, the best players were. That's where all, you know, all the NFL guys were coming from, from Nimitz and Aldi and MacArthur and Eisenhower and uh, you know, but, but it's, but it has been, you know, has been a few years. Uh, and so it's, I, I don't think people realize, you know, some people realize just what rich history it does have um, in, in that area. No, the narrative, the narrative is, is definitely different from when I played there, when Odell was there. In fact, uh, I think yesterday I, I took a pic and texted to him. Uh, I said, Hey, I'm hanging this on my wall. And it's a picture of, it's his all American picture, MacArthur. <laughs> and uh, he's excited, you know, he, even though we're going to be competitive and he's at Eisenhower and that's a rival and that's, a, you know, it's going to be a big district ball game. You know, he's still, you know, he's still got that go big red in him. And mm-hmm. uh, he's excited for me to be there. Um, and we've had a several good talks since this all has happened. And, but, you know, I think that, you know, if you look back at, you know, like North shore, that used to be our homecoming game, mm-hmm. you know? It, it, so yeah, it, it, the, the landscape's different, but there's still, there's still talent over there, coach. I mean, there is. And, yeah. um, you know, I think the biggest job that I'm going to have along with the, the, you know, as I talked earlier about the culture shift that we're going to have to have is I got to keep, I got to keep those kids that are zoned to MacArthur going to MacArthur. Um, you know, it, it, it uh-huh. everything, it, it's changing times, man. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so many kids that live over there that go to other campuses. And so I just got to put that fence around that MacArthur zone and, uh, all those, all those kids that are supposed to be there. They're there. And, uh, you know, the way you do that is you got to spend time at the junior highs. Yeah. You know, we have three excellent feeders into MacArthur and, um, you know, we're, we're going to hit the ground running with that as well. 
you know, just making sure we love on those kids, get them excited about being a general and, and uh, just start building it up. Yeah. That's awesome. That's exciting. It's exciting to, to have the, the potential and, and, and uh, you know, just the, the, the possibility of just bringing everything together. You know, that, that's, especially at a place that, that, that you're that you're passionate about it that's a special to you um, right so now you know my my final question that what the you know kind of what this this whole show was was based on was the premise of, of just that the Houston area is a special place to to coach football and so uh, you know in, in your opinion uh, you know what, what do you think uh, or how would you explain Houston area football and its legacy to somebody who has never been around it Wow, that is a great question. Um, and I, I, it's kind of like being on the board of the GHFCA. Um, when I look back to my coaches and the coach, the coaches that my coach coached against and the level of football, uh, you know, listening to the stories from my, my dad and my uncles and when they played, you know, and, and the traditions that were back then. And, and, uh, you know, I think that, the, the best way to explain, you know, the greater Houston area football is, is it's, it's excellent. I mean, there are some really, really good football coaches right now across the greater Houston area that I would put against anybody in, 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 in America. Uh, but it's always been that way. You know, it's right now we're just in a different generation, but if you think back to, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, throw Aldean ISD back out again. But if you look back when Bill Smith was the head coach at Aldean and they got the national championship, you know, in in 91 and, you know, obviously my coach, Bob Alford, but you had Pat Patterson and, and, and coach Carson that were at Eisenhower, Um, you know, but then you go, you go over to Neil Quillen when he was at Humble and, you know, that generation of coaches was remarkable. Dick Olin and everything that started to grow, you know, when he was at Baytown league and, I mean, it could go on and on and on with regards to, to you know, Ray Seals. I mean, can, let, all these guys that, that, that were in that generation were just, they were remarkable. And now, uh, you know, there's, there's this, this generation that, that's coming in. And, uh, you know, you, you consistently look at, you know, programs like Katie, you know, and what North Shore is doing, Willie Gaston and those guys carrying on from, from Coach K. Um, just around the horn of Houston, you know, Coach Williams down at Fort Ben Marshall, who I know personally does a great job. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and even as, as you expand out and, you you know, you have a second-generation coach like Jeff Joseph at P&G who it took a team that was mostly known for being spread and, and they're basically doing, doing that Katie thing out there and it look what happened. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's, you know, there are so many different uh, angles of high-end football in greater Houston um, that it, it's just, an ex- it's always been an exciting time to be a part of what we do. And uh, I'm, I am definitely excited uh, to get back to my roots and to have that opportunity and uh, to hopefully, you know, we get MacArthur back on the map where they belong. And, right. uh, and so, uh, but, I know I rambled through that question, but golly, I'm, all these names and the, I'm, these faces are just flowing through my head to try to describe. And all I can come up with is, is it's excellent. I mean, it really is just the caliber of people 
that are involved with these kids across greater Houston, coaching, coaching kids and, and being a part of their lives and impacting them. And it, it's, it's an honor for me. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's very well said, you know, and, you know, some of those names you, you, you obviously are the guys that, that inspired people in my generation, you know, I, I was, you know, played under those guys or, or came up as a young coach and, and worked for those guys. And, and <laughs> I mean, they, they're the ones that, that taught us everything and, and how it is to, what it means to be a professional and to, and to care for your kids and all those things. And so, hey, you know, and then, so I got a guy like, like Coach sorry. Williams, you yeah. know, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like, uh, you can't you can't say enough good things about him. <laughs> whatever whatever you say is no. is understated because it, it, it just the impact that he's had is just it's unbelievable. Hey, look, and I'm not trying to get on the pedestal for for James Williams at all. All right, <laughs> and he's probably if he listens to this, he's going to call me and get on me about this. But this is what tells you the kind of character that he has. Every conversation I've ever had with him, I've got to get out of the first five minutes of it because he's asking me about how I'm doing. He's, he's, he's talking about things I'm going through or, you know, it's, it's, I'm trying, I'm trying to pick that guy's brain, you know, and maybe that's his defense mode because he don't want to tell you nothing, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and here's the thing, you know, you were talking about generations. So I don't know, 2013, uh, I was still at Pius and uh, they tried to do the Greater Houston football coach association, try to do a, a private versus public all-star game. And so uh, I got picked to coach the private school game. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, Dick Olin comes walking up uh, with the, the teams from the, the, the real Bayou Bowl, if you will. And uh, he walked, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Dick Olin. You know, that's how I looked at those guys. Pat yeah. Patterson, all, you know, all those, all them kind of guys, David Amon. And, uh, but now Dick Olin, when he calls, I don't want to answer because he wears me out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah! No, that, that's that, that's phenomenal. Like said, and, and and it's great to have those guys still around. Oh to, man! Yeah, you know, to, to to help us, to answer questions, to you know, to you know, because they're all they're always gonna, you know a step ahead of us as far as their experience, their knowledge, and so, so I I've been very very thankful to to get to be around those guys just a little more. Uh, you know, especially since I've become a head coach, because that's, I mean, th- those are the guys I turn to. And, and anytime something comes up and, I, and I'm not sure that I, that's, I know that I have people on my side that, that'll, that'll help me or give me, give me some wisdom in, in whatever it is that, that I'm, that I'm facing. Absolutely. And, you know, you were on the board uh, at one point and I mean, to be able to come to that meeting once a month and have that level of experience mm-hmm. that you can just ask, you know, uh, you know, just try to get guidance, you know, Chris Mass. I mean, you know, all of them guys, it's, uh, it's awesome for me to go to those meetings and know that at some point, you know, if I, if there's something I'm working on or I need, I can ask one of them and they'll give me everything they got. Yeah. You know, so, and, and that tells you for them to still be involved the way they are, tells you the love they have for this profession. Cause there's no other reason for them to do that. You know, the yeah. time that they give. You know those guys. It's 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 remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, coach, I want to I want to just thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you and, and your willingness to to share your wisdom with our audience and just you know share your time. You know, it's been been an awesome conversation. You always always enjoy getting to talk to you. 
I uh, wish you all the best, you know, as, as you as you get this this journey, this next step of your journey going with with the MacArthur Generals, and uh, you know, I so said we look forward to to all the great things you're going to accomplish there. Well, thanks for having me, man. And hey, go Big Red. If you have a recommendation for a guest to have on the Houston Coaches Podcast that can help us continue to impact young men and women through the power of positive coaching, please email your suggestion to HoustonCoachesPod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at CoachesHouston and send us your suggestions there. You can catch a new episode every Friday on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Houston Coaches Podcast presented by the Greater Houston Football Coaches Association. Our theme song is In the Battle of Good and Evil by Ryan Davis, a former high school football coach. Please subscribe to our show and leave us a review so we can continue to spread our message to a larger audience. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation about Houston area football and its impact on all those privileged to be a part of it.